There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. It's Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, and welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. I've decided it's presented by Sound Story. I mean, what the hell? I might as well. It's my sure. thing. Yeah, why not? MySoundStory.com. I got to tell you, Jackson. Mm-hmm. I am constantly working. I don't know if it's healthy. Probably not. But I'm working on Sound Story. Constantly. And, um, yeah, holidays are big time for Sound Story. Get the, get the, you just said, you were, you're, 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 you're the, uh, you're the bell of the ball at mysoundstory.com. People Recently. are buying up this Jackson Burkett is what they're doing. Recently, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's the easiest way to take care of a great gift for the holidays. And uh, you enter the promo code TMA. And, oh, look, I just gave mom and dad, along with if you have siblings, go, oh, this would be perfect. We each can put in X number of dollars. And now we always will have mom's story, dad's story. Now we have video as an option. Three cameras shoot. Three cameras shoot. You can do it over Zoom. MySoundStory.com. But, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, so from seven, it's weird. I remember, like, we felt like when, when all of us on the Morning Grind and TMA were doing both TV and radio, we felt like the days we only had radio were days off mm-hmm. because most of the time we were all working seven days a week. Right. And so if we didn't have TV, we felt like, oh, it's like we have a day off. But now I'm back to working two jobs, and the harder job is the uh, the sound story gig. I would sure, tell sure. you. So I've just decided this is presented by mysoundstory.com. Take that. What know. are you gonna do about it? I what the fuck no, are you gonna do? I got no beef with it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, especially since you're part of it. Right. Uh, you can always send questions in for this uh, podcast. T M C K E R N A N at InsideSTL.com. People also use the T M A S T L app and just send questions. And I got a hedonism story, but it's not a hot one. Maybe I should pull that up. I read it, I think, like either really early in the morning or late at night, and it was... So it was one when you were, like, sleeping pill-induced? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, it's about hedonism. That isn't going to be something that's going to get me going, unless it's a different demo than I believe it is. Like, for all I know, it could have been a fever dream of some <laughs> sort. So, yeah, I don't remember. It was like, let me pull it up, see what I got going here. I'll just start right here. Thank you to James Carlton, by the way, for uh, sponsoring this podcast. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. Thanks to Mark Hanna for sponsoring the podcast. He's online at evergreenstl.com. Thanks to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring the podcast. He's online at designairservice.com. Get that furnace tuned up, brah. I did. And, of course, Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganass, Ryan Seiberg. Uh, let's see. So this guy was telling me that there's another trivia night on the no- night of November 11th. Yeah. Just as an FYI. Um, I, I don't know. It's like a community bulletin. <laughs> uh, please keep my name discreet, but FYI, I'm divorced, but I was a swinger and have been to hedonism. My, I'm not going to give this part away. Uh, Iggy's descriptions crack me up. He's like a walking time capsule. His descriptions are so old. He's describing the 1980s as if that's still how the place is. Iggy is what I would call an old swinger. 
I mean, that's not really like a yeah, creative name. <laughs> Tim is what I would call a small broadcaster. <laughs> Old swingers would fuck anything. <laughs> That I can believe. <laughs> you do see old people who will just walk up to you at Hito and ask to bang. But for most people under 50, it's a lot more like speed dating. Basically, imagine being at one of the pool parties down at the lake. Eh. But all the people there are swinging in DTF. Usually you drink, hang out, talk to people. If you like a couple, you basically just do like a couple's date thing at dinner. And at the party after dinner, you kind of party with one another's spouses one-on-one, and if everyone likes everyone, you go back to someone's room and bang. But not everyone bangs, and they usually don't do it every night. Iggy's version is better, though. It's way funnier. Have a great weekend, and thanks for all you do. All right. So there you go. A little hedonism update. I like it. Wasn't, didn't take any shots. I gotta tell you, I'm a little surprised that See, if you like a couple, you basically just do like a couple's date thing at dinner. And at the party after dinner, you kind of party with one another's spouses one-on-one. Tell me if I'm off on this, because you aren't... We we have different uh, opinions on the sex emotion Mm -hmm. spectrum. It's unimportant to me, it's important to you, and I Mm -hmm. respect that. But I would... I don't think I would necessarily be comfortable with just going on essentially a date with someone and then my wife going on a date with someone, but yet I'm very comfortable with fucking someone else. Right. And we can examine that in a moment. Right. I, so, I, that, so I really would like to, I'm, I'm looking for a deep dive on myself, which I believe is the pinnacle of narcissism. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's that. But the interpretation I got from that email was that you do like a double date, like a couple's double date, and then afterwards you just go to different rooms and bang each other. Ah, ah. let me restate what was written to me by Tony. If you do like a couple, or if you like a couple, you basically just do like a couple's date thing at dinner, and at the party after dinner, you kind of party with one another's spouses one-on-one. Right, so afterwards, and when I... And if... Hold on! Hold on! (laughs) And if everyone likes everyone, you go back to someone's room and bang. So what I'm saying... I get that, like, when you're actually fornicating, all the parties are there. But, like, going one-on-one with another guy's wife or my wife going one-on-one with this lass's husband, uh-huh. eh, I, I got to tell you, for whatever reason, I'm completely comfortable with having sex with her, but I'm not comfortable with the hour or two where it's a date thing. And I don't know why. I'm just discovering this on an email that I wasn't planning on reading, but I recall reading over the weekend. Here's my knee-jerk What do we got? What do we got? Is that the date would start like, a connection like you start talking about things you find stuff similar or compatible you have with the other person and you start to build a, like a, a more real connection whereas in your mind sex is just the act of of getting each other off or right one, well i mean part, me, yeah. me getting off right. no, she's got no chance <laughs> well that's one hell of a <laughs> one hell of a mindset to go into it with but yeah i hear what you're saying 
Um, because I, I think in your mind that sex is, is devoid of that emotion, whereas it is. a date yeah. could, right. could elicit some emotion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. I wonder how many people are sharing this, or if I am literally, for the however many people listen to this, I will be the only person who get where I'm coming from. Well, I think swingers would, would agree that... But, but this is a swinger sending this in. Right. Well, okay. Huh. I, I still think that it's, a, it's four people at the date. I, I really don't think it's two separate people having dinner with each other. Like, I've engaged in a group situation, actually. But if I were to wander off one-on-one, mm. just to even bang, which, of course, I oftentimes point out, yeah, I'm fine with that. I feel like that kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I, it's like the, the wine at dinner or something about it, something about, like, just the connection you start to build. I don't know, because I don't necessarily say there's going to be a connection for whatever reason. I just feel like now we've gotten to some dangerous waters, potentially. That's what it is. Whereas for whatever reason, and I realize this might sound totally upside down, just fucking is harmless. Yeah, you and I are backwards on that, because I would like more, I'd be much more likely. It's like like you'd go out, you'd go out with some married woman. I'm not saying you're like homewrecker guy, but like, let's say you're married. Yeah. And I realize we're doing some leaping here. And you're more comfortable just, like, spending time and, like, having, like, a date uh-huh. and then not engaging in the coitus. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm the other way around. Yeah. Like, I'm, I can just fuck her. You know, doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. You know. I'm Travolta. I'm so, I'm so at peace with that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I really am. Hey, that's that's your stance on it, and I can't really I know, argue it. But, well, I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong or right, vice versa, but I... I'm surprised at hedonism in particular, because I'm not necessarily going in on your stance. I'm just like, I'm surprised that that's the route that it goes. I guess why should I be surprised by something that goes on at hedonism? But right. that's what it sounds like he's saying is the is the practice. I view hedonism as like the upside down and stranger things, where up is down and left is right and black <laughs> is white. So they try to you know make sense of it. Just doesn't seem based on what Iggy said. Right. You know, I don't, I've never been to the. But if that's the scene, like when we were in Las Vegas, we'd go on to things that I guess theoretically that stuff's going on, but you don't like. You know, you're not like once you walk in the building, you're just you know right. all of a sudden somebody's inside of you. Right. You know, well, and that's a shame. <laughs> it is. Where are those events? <laughs> it's just people partying. You know, sure. whatever, and having booze and whatever is going on. But if somebody were like, hey. I'm going to go take your wife over here and just hang out and have booze and you take my wife over here and you just hang out for whatever reason. And I don't know why on my moral compass, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I don't know why. And I'm just discovering it, quote unquote, live on the podcast. And it's not necessarily something to me. That's more like an open relationship. I think that's why that's not something I'm looking for. I'm happy to engage in coitus with a, a large number of people. My yeah. wife is well aware of that. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I'm not looking to open myself up or open our family up to emotional betrayal. I suppose would be the best word. But now, I guess if everybody's on board with it, just for whatever reason, that's. And I'm not saying this guy's betraying. I'm not saying that this is not a judgment thing. I'm just saying, I was just under the impression that hedonism was just like. Yeah, we're all fucked up and we're just fucking. Yeah, that's you what, know I what I thought mean. It was. That's what I. So I, that's I think that's what I think that's what gets me. Sure, and I think that you like in your mind. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, sure, sure. But like, 
in this sense, in the swinging sense, like the sex would be transactional, kind of. You know, everyone yeah. wants to get off and mm-hmm. find a new person to get off with. Mm-hmm. Whereas the uh, the dinner, and the yeah. conversation around that is more emotional. Yeah, I don't need that. And that's where you know that's where the emotion comes into it. So you I, know what I I'm all for? Sex with strangers. Right. What you're not with is, is meals. I'm not interested in getting to know anybody I'm having sex with. Right, yeah, you'd rather... Yeah, i got to tell you, that's, that actually is my platform. Right. I just stumbled into it. I'm stumbled into take guy. Usually it's on the Cardinal offseason, in this case, it's about who I'm fucking. Right, and I get it. You don't necessarily need to know, like, you know, where the person went to undergrad just to bang them. Yeah, I know. Because honestly, just... in all honesty, you probably don't really care. I absolutely don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great read. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we're never going to see each other again. Right. I don't know. I yeah. I I I wasn't even going to read this email. <laughs> I'm now now I'm in that uh, Hubbard email, and I see this one. Just went into a gas station for a coffee, and the Courtney show was talking about Iggy's cassettes and how nice of a guy he was. Should have been around seven forty one or so, if you want to cut it. Okay. There you go. No. Oh, you were that was sent to all of us. That wasn't just was sent it? to yeah. Okay. So you can see that one. Sweet. I'll, I'll, uh, These shows keep talking about our show. Yeah, well, when you bring cassettes in, you kind of invite And that. clothing. Left and right. Yeah, Plowhawk didn't bring that home for the record. Yep. All right, uh, Jackson, I, I said, I said, let me see what I got here on the uh, in the QFTA inbox. And sweet mother of mercy, we got a lot. I don't know. I don't want to... I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to land the plane quickly. That is the plan. Now, whether or not I execute it. Tim, I'd like to request a deep dive into all things whoop. Oh, yeah, I saw this one. Oh, yeah, you were included on I was about to say, how the fuck did you see it? But there it is, C.C. Jackson Burkett. I just got my 30-day trial band, and this is my second day giving it a run. Could you break down the pros, cons, and your overall experience with the Whoop? I've looked into other options, Garmin watches, that I could also use for golf with pin location, yardage, etc., but the 30-day free trial with Whoop was too good to pass up. Thanks in advance. Toodles, that's from Cal. So for those who may not know, and I would think that could be the majority of the audience, I would say it's like an Apple Watch with Apple Fitness. Wearable tech. Wearable tech. And I have been wearing a Whoop band, which I think was marketed to golfers initially. Certainly through golfers with Rory. Yeah, and Justin Thomas. uh, Dating back to 2020. And in part, I know it was 2020 because if you had certain statistics that whoop would track it was helpful in telling you whether or not you had covid yeah, that was that makes sense. that's what was the fine so it measure i mean i don't all due respect to cal i don't think it's necessarily good for the podcast if i do a deep dive on whoop <laughs> or wearable was, tech in general right but uh so i do track this stuff and it is absolutely amazing and super helpful like how much rem sleep i got how much deep sleep i got my heart rate uh, the number of calories I burned, it is, it is super helpful, and I love, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. What I have discovered, not that this is earth shattering, but just how impactful even having a glass of booze, and I include wine and beer in there, mm-hmm. is on the caliber of sleep you get. Even just a glass, much less. A couple of weeks ago, I mean, this is where the social life is we were talking about las vegas group sex and now we're talking about parents parties mm-hmm. um but uh we were out late and certainly intoxicated went to bed at two which was i mean just the way things were you know decade ago 
not at all now, much less drinking and drunk. And, uh, and like my recovery, which it man, it measures from a one to be, which would be terrible to a hundred percent, which would be great. Uh, I don't think I've ever gotten a hundred percent. And it was like 10%. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who used to wear a whoop, but he drank so much that he didn't want to see the information <laughs> every morning when he woke up. Cause yeah. he's like, I should be dead. <laughs> So uh, I love it. I love to have that information, but that is how I am. I would imagine for every one person like me, hopefully there's like a hundred million who are not and couldn't care any less, but I like having that information because what it allows you to do, the thing that, that, that to me is actually most interesting, but I don't know if this is an age, like I don't think it would affect you like it affects me with a 22-year age gap. If I eat like shit for dinner... I have terrible sleep. Hmm. Now, I might not necessarily feel like it, but the quality of sleep is not as good as if I have, like, chicken, you know, right. which is what I have usually for lunch. But if I have that for dinner and don't eat, you know, after 7 o'clock or something like that, uh, and I try to eat even earlier than that just because we go to bed, you know, so early to do our show and all of that, uh, it's almost like eating crappy has the same effect on sleep as booze or not getting enough sleep. But I had never heard that. Still haven't heard it, actually. It might be common knowledge, and I'm just unaware of it, until I started wearing this thing, and I'd go, God, why in the hell was my recovery so shitty? Oh, I ate, like, you know, 20 pieces of pizza and right. chicken wings. Right. Oh, go figure, you know, and right. ice cream, you know, and took in 2,500 calories at... 7.30 at night. So what that tells you from this little band and the little sensor that's on it is, or is, to me is intriguing. And when you, uh, when you get up as early as we do and, uh, and as I just made reference to, working on multiple things now all at once, it is imperative to not have days where you are just totally off. And, uh, and sometimes it's out of your control. But um, I, I love wearing it, and I, I would recommend it to everybody. Whoop is not a sponsor, nor are they considering being a sponsor, in case you think this is super, super subtle organic marketing. Jackson, do you wear any of this shit? Tried to. Uh, what did you wear, boy? Uh, it was like a, a cheaper version, kind of, this yeah. wearable tech stuff that I got at Target or something. Uh, it was at the beginning, I would say, of my of my lifestyle change when I did shed some pounds. What are you weighing in these days? Last time I weighed myself I was a buck 76. Wow. So February. 20 pounds more than me and what do you think? You're like 4 or 5 inches taller than me? Probably right around there. I uh, started the year at 200. So every inch is a pound. No, every inch is 5 pounds. Yeah, that's okay. that's about right. Yeah. Uh, I started the year at 203 pounds. So God, I but I never thought you were heavy. I never did. Hit it like well. truly didn't. This isn't like a no, I got you. You know what I mean? Uh, I can see it a lot in my face. I'll show you a side-by-side image. Oh, really? We got of, that? Of me at, at the beginning of the year compared to now, and it is, you can see it mostly in my face, just kind of my general figure, and, you know, I don't have, honestly, I only have, like, two pairs of golf shorts to still fit, but I, uh, really? yeah, as, as I, was, I guess I was planning for the opposite when I started buying golf shorts last year, but regardless, I tried doing it. I wore it, actually, for a month or two, and I just realized I don't really like wearing stuff on my wrist like I wear these I have two wristbands and I wear a necklace but outside of that like I don't like wearing a bunch of stuff and so especially when I sleep like I hated the watch on while I slept so I just kind of 
got rid of it, yeah. even though I did like the data it provided me. Uh, mostly like active calories burned. Like that's if you're trying to lose weight, that's a very important number to have. Oh boy, so you know how much you can TDE. Right, so you know how much you can eat, uh, or how many calories you can take in and still be under that number. So it, you know, total da- daily energy expenditure. Right. What is your baseline? Mm-hmm. I think mine's in the 1800 to 1900 range. Which is about average for someone in their mid 40s. Yeah, and and then if I walk playing 18 holes and carry my bag, I will then burn about 1,200 right. additional calories. Right. So then you're... So now I'm at 3,000. So you can eat pretty much anything you want. Yeah, However, I, can, I can fatten up for the slaughter. Right. But then you're going to be getting into body composition. And, and then we're talking about proteins. And right. we're talking about carbohydrates. Macros. Talking about our macronutrients, like total fat. Right. Yeah, I like having... I track all this stuff. You're it's a data so guy. fucking nuts. You're a data guy. But I'm looking, I mean, I used to, from 2003 to 2008, I, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like an excuse, not that anybody really gives a shit, because it's been 15 years since I got divorced, but I really think that my inability to sleep, which was certainly in part behavioral, because I was out late during the weekends and then had to get up early to do shows during the week, I think it played a role in my divorce, because I just felt like shit so often. Probably more irritable because of it. Irritable and then like lethargic and didn't want to do anything. And then it's just like, yeah, it just, it just like. It's a cycle too. Right. So then, so it became, and that's right when I started tracking all this stuff. So you can go back years as we've done. If you want to call it a date, I'll tell you what I ate. We did it a couple weeks ago. It's a wonderful little bit. <laughs> it is. Uh, but I track it and then try to optimize how I feel. I mean, that's the reason for it. Sure. And it's like wearing a whoop helps me dial into the, the behavioral patterns that make me feel better. I am telling you, and, I, I, and I've had plenty of people over the years since I've talked about this thing go, what is the name of this? It's such a very basic app, but it means the world and it has truly been a life changer. And it's called Sleep Cycle. Again, it sounds like I'm doing live reads. Called Sleep Cycle. I don't even know how I found it. And so I set the thing like to wake me up every morning, Jackson, between 5.15 and 5.45 in that range, maybe 5.25, 5.45, whatever it is. Probably about 60% of the time I wake up before that range anyway. Mm -hmm. My prostate's barking. Sure, and your body clock wakes you up. Yes, absolutely. I'm like, oh, 5.24, three straight days I've woken up even without the alarm. But what this thing does is is it waits. It's using the sensor of an iPhone. So this technology obviously went around 20 years ago. It feels when you can move or when you're moving, and so therefore it knows you're not in REM sleep. And then it's it, it gently, the alarm, you know, it isn't like a sudden beep, 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 beep thing, which like, you know, right. startles you to start your day, which is not a good way to start your day. But not just because you're going, oh, yeah, that's not really pleasant. From an electromagnetic standpoint, it can fuck you up if you are woken up in a startled state out of REM sleep, which is what happened to me. And it fucked me. And I would have days where I, right when I woke up, within the first five seconds, I'd go, fuck. It's a day where I didn't get good sleep, and I'm I'm clearly not right. And I got to hope for, now it's, it's 5.30 in the morning, and I'm going... God, I can't wait to get to 8.30 at night. What a terrible way to live. It sucks. That's where I was, yeah. and it was a mess, plus taking Ambien and Lunesta and whatever the fuck else I was on. Oh, 
So anytime somebody says they have sleep problems, I, I really feel badly for them because it's not something most people are really sympathetic to, but it really impacted my life. It, I, I mean, I'm glad I left television. I guess at this point it's kind of obvious, but when I did it at the time, it was so surprising that people thought I got fired because nobody was leaving TV to do radio. But my doctor said, you're going to have to leave one of the two jobs because you are so out of whack with your sleep. Now, if I wasn't going out until four in the morning on the weekends, I would imagine I could have done both jobs. But since I was enjoying myself, I said, you got to do one or the other. And so I chose radio. But um, I still was going out on the weekends until late hours. And then it's like, oh, well, when Sunday night rolls around, now you got to get up at five in the morning, even though you were out until five in the morning 24 hours ago. And it just does not work. So it created it. Other people just have health issues that cause you not to be able to have sleep. But I think people know that drinking, you're going to feel like shit. Right. If you go to bed at midnight and you got to get up at five, you're probably going to feel like shit. The thing that I've learned from the whoop, going back to Cal's question, is the impact, again, at 47 years old. It might not be this way at 25. I'm not advocating to, you know, be gluttonous, but hey, do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, that it, how much eating poorly uh, can impact your caliber of sleep. Yeah, for sure. But, but, did Fancy you ever heard reason. that before? I, I suppose it stands for because your body's working harder right. to process all that shit. Right. You know. Well, they say definitely don't eat directly before you go to bed. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. But I'm talking about even at 6.30 and going to bed at 10.30 and how it you just don't have a good night. And I would and until I started like going, okay, what is the cause and effect be like, God, I went to bed. Like, for example, I mean, here, not, I don't know, maybe this is interesting. Maybe it's not. I tend to bet on the ladder. But um, let's see, Jackson. How about this? This is going to fuck you up, brah. going to fuck you up real good. I went to bed at uh, 9.55 on Friday night. Just a fucking pony. Yeah. Just yeah. a pony. You are a king. Oh. Woke up at 6.30. Uh, it's a good night's sleep. And I had a, you can see the red means bad recovery, 32% recovery. Why? Because I ate like a little king. <laughs> Friday night's pizza night. Friday night's pizza night. But I didn't think I really ate that much. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, like I said, I track all that shit, so I kind of know, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and that's the reason. So I got a great night's sleep. Uh, I'm curious if, like, the REM sleep was, yeah, the REM sleep was good. Hour and 53 minutes of REM sleep, hour and 41 minutes of deep sleep. But the sleep efficiency and uh, the the caliber of the sleep is was not, you know, is, is good because of the fact that I ate poorly. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, listen, having booze or some other kind of recreational festivities can certainly make it uh, worse. I'm not saying food and booze are on the same level, but it, it's just something that has been eye-opening to me. And I wouldn't have had that without tracking all this stuff. And most people might be like, who fucking cares? I want to enjoy myself. I understand, but when you have two young children and you're getting up early now on the weekends because my son is skating at 6.30 in the morning uh, on uh, at least one of the two weekend days, in that case, he didn't have a skate till 9.30, which felt like it was mid-afternoon in comparison, that uh, you want to try to figure it out. And so I like having it. I think some people would be like, I couldn't care any less. Don't bother with it. But for me, I like it. I recommend it. Yeah, when you start viewing food as fuel, which is exactly is what it is in terms of your body, if you put bad fuel in your car, it's not going to work properly. So if you put bad that's food in your body, that's how you got to think through it. You know, that's how you got you to eat for purpose, not for pleasure. 
But that's only if you like really care about it. Right. Otherwise, do what you want. Um. All right. This one I think is a good one. This one. This was also sent to my Hubbard one. Tim dot McKernan at tmastl.com. You can just use the tmastl app to send it if you don't want to go to tmcurnan inside stl.com. Uh, and I forwarded it from that to my at insidestl.com email address. The title of the email, Generations, Social Media, and Anger. Perhaps this is going further down the rabbit hole on this after today's show. This was a show, this was, this was... I remember getting this one, too. You were on this one? I this think one so. was only sent to me. Okay. I, I, I saw Maybe he sent it to you as well. Uh, this was sent on Halloween. At 11.25. And I saw what was going on in our text inbox when the discussion was going on. I was working on something else that had to be tended to on the show. So then in the discussion, it was it was Doug saying young people were angrier right. and then Plowhawk saying... It was after the Tyler from Spartanburg call. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, we did that most of the time on the program on TMA. I'd like to think I'm kind of a Stedman-esque ability to see into the future on what, what topic is going to, like, light a fire and get us going down a road that, you know, might not necessarily be optimal. I did not see Doug hearing Tyler from Spartanburg call into Rip Dabo Sweeney as a, the spark that would get this discussion going. Mm-hmm. But I guess it went to him and Plowboy arguing about young people versus old people and anger on social media, I guess is what it was. anger in general in the younger generation. First, if for whatever reason you use any of this for any show, I'd rather like to stay anonymous. So just call me Chuck or something if you need (laughs) to insert a proper noun. Hey, Chuck. (laughs) I was struck by Plowboy and Doug talking about the state of the country and the youths. This is probably the 10th time I've heard this discussion between the two. I think they're much more in agreement with each other than they aren't. Doug is saying he thinks the youngs are angry and it's causing them to act poorly while Plowsy is saying they have a reason to be angry even though it doesn't justify the actions. I am 30, so I feel like I can comment from a place of knowing. I heard slash saw a comment on millennials saying, quote, millennials are young enough to be mostly not racist and old enough to be mostly not woke. After my initial laugh at it, I put some more thought into it. Kind of made sense. Did you get this email? No, no. This okay. is, I got a different one. Okay. In general, we are young enough to have grown up understanding the effects of prejudice and try not to let our bias influence us. On the other hand, we didn't grow up with some expectation that we must be prepared to die on a hill for every single little issue that comes up. Do you feel like that is an accurate portrayal of your generation or younger? I mean, this guy is only five years older than you. I mean, it's all perspective is so key. Can you read that one more time? I just want to make sure, sure I'm... Um, on the other hand, we didn't grow up with some expectation that we must be prepared to die on a hill for every single little issue that comes up. Gotcha. So I think he's... See, I think that's looking at things through the lens of social media and and right. putting a, 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 a description on a generation. And I know that that's not what this, this guy's coming to this the table here with a good faith argument based on what you see of a generation of people on social media. And I just... For the most part, my circle of friends are not people who are real active on social media. Sure. That's not mocking those who are. It's just it's just not how we spend our time. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I wouldn't want somebody to say, oh, 47 year olds, you know, right, of right. Irish Catholic heritage, <laughs> you know, or above social media or not willing to fight for something on social media, I'd just be like, 
I don't know. I, I don't see the upside, and I'd rather spend my time with my family. And in my position, all I'm going to do is get into trouble just by some by something that I may misstate, and the next thing I know, I'm out of a job. That's that's the analytics I run on social media. Yeah, no, and I get that. And I, uh, I've i never, the, I, being honest, just a self-reflection, I have never been closer, although I can't because of work, but... I've never been closer to deleting all forms of social media than these past this past month. God, you're gonna beat me to it. I want to, but I like for like I said for work, I can't. But like this is what happened. Oh, everything going on in the Middle East has made me really not want to be on social media anymore. Yeah, well, there you go. That goes like I'm talking about being Irish Catholic and you being Jewish. There's a totally different life experience, and we are doing this podcast one month since the. Yeah. Hamas massacre, yeah, and Israel. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you are seeing. Oh, I just yeah. People are people coming after you. We no. have a guy. This is a little peek behind the curtain, and it pisses me. I think it pisses me off more than it pisses you off. I would say that's accurate. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's this isn't like all one hundred and one listeners. That's not the case. No, not I, at all. I, Jackson and I like doing the show, uh, but you know it's certainly it it can it's a probably a different audience. Not entirely. There's a, certainly some overlap, but. This guy sends an opinion. I don't even know what the fuck it is. It's like a, it's just a, a young kid with a yarmulke on. Yeah. yeah, but then he'll say, "How about this piddles or something like that?" Right. But then he said, "Did something with me." Oh yeah, that was, it's just, I don't even remember what it was. That shows how. You know. yeah, it's, <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's like, I'm so like dumb. Was it like a leprechaun? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't know. Was it like you know, sassy Cassie performing? I have it's, no idea. Something like that. But I'm just like, seriously, like, I'm just like when I see that. And, I, and it can be something I can reread things. Fuck off, Tim. You, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fine. Yeah. But then I see that, and it pisses me off so much. Yeah. Because I'm just like, fuck this guy. Right. You know? And I don't know why I have that reaction, whereas I can read almost anything else. And they could be ripping your ass, and I'd be sure. like, whatever. Right. But that one pisses me off. Yeah, and, it, and I don't want to say it doesn't piss me off because anti-Semitism in any form or any sort of prejudice against any person just based on their culture or the color of their skin is unacceptable at any means. But it's just like, it's so dumb. Like, is he expecting me to be like, Offended or upset because he's sending in a kid. He's, with he's a he sent it in like twenty times now. At this I know point. it's like, well, but there's been some other, yeah, some other Jewish stuff. themed stuff. I guess I don't. I'm just like, fuck off, right? You but know, someone who would do that, like I, it's almost more like you feel bad for them because it's like it's this is like it's so dumb. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Never this isn't like a guy it. that's got a lot going on, but Clearly. I, I, I mean, I'm at a point. We talk about Doug Vaughn Nirvana, where it, it's like, yeah great you know yeah i don't know right. i didn't i never grew much i don't know you know yeah but i don't have a hair you know i don't know you know, whatever fine take your shots but for whatever reason that one that has nothing to do with me pisses me off more than any of the crap that i read not just in our text inbox but social media whatever emails and i have no idea and i don't know why and it was this was pre-october 7th right 100 percent. yeah and that's that's one of the things too um, I think because part of that could be because, you know, you try to cultivate this community where engage because engagement is so important in everything we do on the radio, whether it be TMA or Balloon Party. The people who text in are just as much part of the show as everybody else. They are a huge part of it. We love it. And so you cultivate this wonderful community who is so helpful. Not helpful is the wrong word, but so engaged. Engaged. And it's lovely because it's. And many such, are helpful. Yeah. And it's it's great. So when someone kind of 
and like you said, like we take a bunch of shit, and that's part of it. And that's we take the ribbing because that's all part of the game. And when someone kind of steps over the line, steps out of it's like, you know, like we let you say whatever the fuck we want about right. this. But when you start coming after stuff that is, uh, uh, you know, part of our, our, our culture or stuff that we can't control like that, you know, like I'm that's my culture and I love it. I'm a proud Jewish person. And like you come after that, especially with everything going on now, but even before that, it's just like you're overstepping a line where like there's like an un unspoken agreement where like you can take shots, we can take shots, and everything's cool. But you leave that, you leave families out of it, you leave shit like right. that yeah, yeah. out like of that, it. Yeah. You leave it completely out of it. When you bring that in, it's like, come on, man. Like we like how like what more do you want from us? You know, like we're we're right. like agreeing to our part of it. But you, you also it. know. And I would imagine most of the people who you know, are listening to this podcast share this viewpoint, even though they haven't necessarily walked in our shoes, just like we haven't walked in theirs. Exactly. That that isn't somebody that we'd like sit down and, number one, hang out with <laughs> or even have a conversation or be able to have like a kind of give and take right. with. It's, 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 a, it's a situation, for lack of a better term. But still, I recognize that because I recognize when we have situations and you just kind of, okay, well, we know what we got there. Let's just, you know, it's... You know, they're going through something right. or there's just a situation that, you know, but for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is kind of like going back to it's obviously apples and oranges. I'm trying to figure out why, you know, at the outset of the conversation, I'm like, oh, yeah, why would I be comfortable having sex with somebody? But I wouldn't be comfortable having like a date. Why with all the crap that we get? Why does that when that comes in and it comes in like once a week, twice a week now, just the same picture like of this blurry. Oh yeah, it's like he's taking a picture from his desktop. He's not even taking a right. screenshot, which uh, which automatically told me I was like, "All right, this person is really sad." Yes, that's a. I, I didn't even think through that part, but yes, it is blurry, and I'm just like, "Fuck this!" Like for real, like of all the stuff that we read about, take your pick of whomever. It always is kind of. Sometimes you go, oh, "That was a little rough," but then that one like. That wouldn't puts me in a bad place every time I see it. And every time I'm internally, I'm not going to say it on the show, and I don't even call attention to it on the show, but I'm just like, fuck this guy, man. You yeah. know, fuck this guy so fucking hard. It yeah. pisses me off. I think it, it gets probably... You got like, I'm not like... Is the, the phrase that uh, gets used around, what, Iggy with, like, learn or something? White, white knighting? knighting? Yes. Right. No, <laughs> I, and I, not white knighting, because I don't even... I see it, and sometimes I don't even say it to you. I just... Because we see the same text inbox... And I'll see it, and I'll be like, this motherfucker, you know? Yeah, I would say that um, it probably gets you, because it's, for me, like, hey, it's really dumb. And, I mean, <laughs> this is like a, and yes, that's the truth. But, like, and kind of the sad part about it, but it is, it is the case. I've it, I've seen it a bunch. Like, I've right. seen anti-Semitism in a much worse way than what this jackass is spending his time doing. Yeah. And so, like, I can recognize, like, this guy is dumb and stupid. And I see that, and then I see other times with him, and it's like it's the furthest thing from, you know, like I, it does really affect me. So, I've seen it. I've lived it, you know, not my whole life, but like a lot, of, a big part of my life, and it's opened my eyes to some things in that in that sense. And so, um, worst example of anti-Semitism you have experienced, because I can't possibly relate. Yeah, it's. I would just say the the ignorance toward it. Like the ignorance toward. Well, it's, I'm looking for like something that either you read or somebody sure. did. Or uh, I played on a. I don't want to like give away too much information because I think there was this was like one person, but there was this one person who I played basketball with in my life, um, from a community, uh, way out west in uh, the Missouri region, St. Louis region, 
and they had really never met a Jewish person, and their questions toward me or, like, their opinions of me were really fucked up. Like, they would throw, like, change at me and shit. Oh, my God. And, like, they were like, where's your little cap? And it's just like... Was this like a... Like a... Like a hill person. It was. That's how the best way I describe it was a hill person. And... Um, <laughs> Who came down from the hills to... To post up. Well, I went out to the hills, so it's my own oh, pro- my see. own problem. Um, I see. But yeah, like that kind of shit, like, and like you know, as a kid, I mean, yeah, kid. Yeah, how old were you when this was going on? I was in, I was a teenager, and so like, um, well, why was your religion even like? Oh, why was anybody even aware? Well, because I said, well, high school I went to, and they immediately were like, oh, are you Jewish? Well, Jay was like, right, Johnny Protestant, and he was Ladue Horton Watkins for sure, and so they asked me. You know, I was like, I went to Ladue. They go, Are you Jewish? Because that's the stereotype really? around Ladue. So, the, so a guy living out, I don't know where, it's right. like West St. Louis <laughs> or beyond, was immediately at fourteen or fifteen was yeah. like hip. To, really? God, and I've gotten wow. the, I've gotten the, interesting I've gotten the, where's your little cap thing before, and it's just like, ugh, nice, you know, and and I think, and I say a lot of it because I think a lot of it is based out of ignorance. Like I was in a program in high was it school. Du- was it said to be malicious? I mean, what what do you think? I don't know. Probably that that probably not. But that in turn is like the worst part of it. Is like I I think is like you don't understand how ignorant you're being in a sense because I did this program in high school uh, where me and a bunch of other Jewish students would go to high schools that didn't have any Jewish students in the population and go kind of explain what Judaism is about, uh, not to like evangelize somebody, but just to explain that we're just people like everybody else. And, you know, we went out far west, and I was like, oh, it makes, I, doesn't surprise me that there, that these people, because we'd say, raise your hand if you ever met a Jewish person. No one would raise their hand. That didn't surprise me. But then we would go to high schools five minutes from Ladue, 15 minutes from Ladue, and I'd say, raise your hand if you ever met a Jewish person. Not a single one had ever met a Jewish person. And these are well-to-do high schools who have parents probably making six figures, and they had never met a Jewish person. I was like, oh, my God. So, like, I, in a way, it kind of made not feel better, but it was like people have these opinions or and it's not based out of malice. It's based out of ignorance. It's based out of just not knowing. Sure. And so then you read this, that, or the other thing about people, and it's just not the way they do it. So I, once again, going back to being curious, not judgmental. And uh, that was what the program was about, was trying to tell people. Like, like I'd go, I'm like, hey, we're, I'm playing you in basketball next week. Like, I'll be on the team. Like, you know, I'm not like, this isn't like I'm some kind of, different person i'm just a person like you i just happen to believe in a different religion and culturally is a little different so trying to explain to that so i think a lot of that just comes out of ignorance and um that's what i think frustrates me is the wrong word but it's like if you just get to know somebody you get to know that there's no different to any of you and that applies to any you know minority or religion or any cultural background is like if you don't know anyone like that you probably shouldn't have an opinion on people you shouldn't have a opinion on a group of people in general because you can't paint with that broader brush but if you go to like i have muslim friends like i have plenty i have several muslim friends and i think a lot of people even in my culture are like kind of don't want to engage but it's like go meet them you're going to meet that they're just like you and you'll learn about their plight and they learn about your plight and you come to agree that like you have a lot more similar similarities than you do differences. And I think that's super important. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of where I come from. But I've seen a bunch of anti-Semitism in my life. And so when I see stupid shit, like the thing that comes out of Balloon Party, it just doesn't, 
affect me because I know it's like because you're so used to it, and, it, and it's just so like that right, shit is so right, dumb. right, 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 right. So yeah, I, I, but that's the thing. It's so dumb, and we're used to getting dumb kinds of things, not necessarily like that, but just dumb stuff, and we don't even bat an eye. Like we'll read it to each other and laugh about how, like we're just like, oh, you know, this guy, yeah, right. It's like you know. You can imagine, you know, it's like the guy playing the banjo on, you know, Deliverance, and you're just like, oh, you know, go get him. <laughs> but, but that one, which is obviously dumb and might come from a guy playing a banjo, right. for whatever reason, that one pisses me off, and I have no idea why. Right. Because we've read other anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah. I say anti-Semitic. Is anti-Semitic? Either way. Okay. Yeah, and I've had people in college who are like, like real Holocaust deniers that I met. And I was like, and that one, it's like, no, you're like brainwashed. And so like, that's like, a, like you got like, so they say the Holocaust, when somebody says Holocaust, they're saying it did not happen. No, they say that the numbers are far, exaggerated. exaggerated. I see. Yeah. Okay. They say the numbers are exaggerated. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't that, know. And, that, and that one, it's like, see, I don't, I'm of the opinion that you don't, that you, it's, that you shouldn't paint with a broad brush for moral reasons, although I think merit can be had for that conversation, I look at it as you shouldn't do it just because it winds up being inaccurate. Right, right. So just from an empirical data standpoint, that's right. where I come in. Right. Um, because I'm going to have more things in common with, you know, I think we talked about this within the last couple of podcasts, and I don't think that that, not that people are demonizing that, but, but people have similar backgrounds and interests. And so oftentimes that's going to be from a similar education background or potentially religion background. The issue that you can get into is going, oh, well, that whole group, I don't want anything to do with them or something along those lines. And it can really, you know, fuck you over yourself, much less if one wants to get into the moral element of casting a whole group of people aside because of a trait that, you know, in almost all cases, they simply were just born with or born into uh, because you find you are really hurting yourself because you are eliminating a portion of the population that, or when it gets down to it, you have so many similarities, but just different customs, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I, I, I just did that. That's always struck me as unreal. I remember one of these things I heard growing up. I mean, growing up in South St. Louis, I don't know what it's like now. I would imagine it's still the case. I don't know when. Well, you know what? My, my dad at, at KPLR TV worked for Ted Coppler, who passed away relatively recently. Um, that's who owned the station. His father, Harold Coppler, hence the initials KPLR TV, Coppler. Mm hmm uh, was Jewish, and I believe a number of the people he worked with were Jewish. I'm just like, I mean, did, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I was six, seven years old, didn't give a shit. Right. If anything, kind of like, oh, this is interesting. You know, why are these, what the hell are these letters? I've never seen letters like sure. this when we would go to uh, their homes and, uh, and and see things. But, you know, it wasn't like, what the fuck is this? You right. know, come here, not down at St. Gabriel's. Uh, but the stuff that I would hear a lot about growing up, and I guess I still do, would be what I think many would describe in St. Louis as the latent racism, so racial prejudice. But the thing that I would hear, and I remember thinking to myself, what the, and I'm telling you, Jackson, I was six ballpark years old. I mean, this wasn't like something I came to realization after time at university <laughs> over in Oxford, and I was enlightened. Uh, 
it was like one of my friends growing up, I remember him saying, well, my mom said the minute one of them moves into the neighborhood, there's a for sale sign in her front yard. You ever hear shit like that growing up? Oh, you did? Well, I... I don't know well, if this was something limited to my neck of the woods. I had, like, heard... Yeah, like, not, like, like someone saying it, like, seriously as, like, one of those, like, off-color jokes. No, this wasn't a joke. Right. This, so this absolutely is... was not a joke. Uh, this was absolutely not a joke. And then I remember asking my mom, so I guess I'm kind of now, my son is at an age where I kind of get these kinds of questions. God, what the hell were we watching? Oh, we were watching, that might be why we talked about it a couple weeks ago, because I had coverage of right. whatever we are calling it, the war in Israel. Israel, Gaza. Hamas. Is that uh, where we got? Uh, conflict. Uh, and he's asking why that's going on. I'm going, my God, I mean, I, I could be with a scholar and they might have a tough time answering that right. question. 100%. Um, but I, I'm comfortable with him assuming it's not you know, graphic video. Sure. Just, you know, so I recall asking my mom, why does so-and-so's mom say that? And then, you know, I could, you know, I, maybe I'm revising history in my mind, but I do remember essentially the answer. She goes, well, there's some people, and my mom was really, I don't even know what the right word was. I guess if you would want to call it progressive, I don't know. I mean, just you know, I mean, she she got a master's in theater in the in the seventies, mm -hmm. so you know that wasn't a hotbed of straight activity, as you can right. imagine, as right. far as her male counterparts. Sure. And she was big into Motown music growing up in the sixties and whatever. She goes, well, you know, there's some people. She, I can just picture my mom being. This, you know, just like this saintly human being trying to explain something that I know she thinks is, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, not necessarily intelligent. Right. There are some people who believe that if a black family were to move into the neighborhood, it would hurt the value of their home. And I remember thinking to myself, and, and again, it strikes me as odd because I know I had to be like single digits age-wise, but if they could afford the home, then why would they not be able to keep the value of the home up? In other words, just because they're going to buy the house, what, they're going to shit the house up? <laughs> right. That's a fair question to ask. Right, yeah. And, I, and if anything, if you don't mind me saying it, I'm pretty impressed with myself <laughs> that that's what I was thinking at that age. Like so, so I, just, I I don't understand. And then she obviously didn't have an answer to it because you really can't answer the question because it isn't about that. It is about right. your your bigotry is actually going to do the damage to the neighborhood, right? Not the actual black family moving in. It's you going, oh my God, there's a black family, therefore our property is no longer worth as much. And still to this day, I think the same, I mean, I'm now 47. It may have been 40 years ago that I had that conversation. And I still think the exact same thing. And it's incredibly sad that that is the mindset. And I think that that is a, it's certainly not exclusive by any means to St. Louis, but it is more, um, you know, it's more of an outlier relative to other top 25 markets than it is, you know, I mean, I just, it, I just... It's just, and I and I really do think it plays a role in holding the region back. I think there are a number of things. Let me make that clear, but that people retreat to their, um, you know, the latent racism, and I think that that plays a role in it. So the anti-Semitism, 
I, I mean, I, at the same time, I didn't really go grow up around black people. Right. So I don't know why I heard a lot about black people. They weren't around. Uh, I mean, I'm in a lily white neighborhood of, of South St. Louis, but it's also probably 95% Catholic. But I didn't hear any anti-Semitism. It just wasn't, it wasn't discussed. Mm-hmm. And I would go, oh, that's because there weren't any Jewish people around. But then I heard plenty of racist crap, but there weren't any black people around. So I have no idea what it was about. I just know that was my life experience, my own individual life experience. Right. And I think part of that, like, and to the point why I, like, and I think a lot of Jewish people are so vigilant when anti-Semitism pops up is, take, do you know the percentage of Americans that are Jewish in this country? percentage it's like a sliver of the population is it not two percent that's what i thought in the world 0.2 percent yeah. so uh and if that number sounds low about 80 years ago 80 percent of european jewish people were murdered in a five-year span so that is why that number is where it is and people my people like jewish people are very vigilant when anti-semitism comes in because we've seen what anti-semitic rhetoric can turn into and how scapegoating can go about and I think right now is a prime example of why people, the Jewish people, are so vigilant about what's going on in the Middle East because we've seen how things can materialize. And uh, it's not like a like a comment about the war itself, but that's just kind of what I see it as. And so, when that stuff pops up, that's why it's so vigilant. And that's and I think that number surprises people. They think Jewish people, they think, oh yeah, it's a healthy amount, but two percent. Yeah, I don't know why I was aware of that. I, I, for some reason, I, went, I was going to say five, and I'm like, no, it's actually less than that, but I don't know what the two, number it's is. It's two percent, so right. it's, it's very, it's a very, very small amount, 14 million across the world. Like, it's just a very small number, and so that's why, you know, when you hear it, it's, it's scary because there isn't that many, like, people, and, you know, as, as with all religions, and especially in America, as the years go by, people are less and less religious, and so, uh, and there's people who just, you know, not who are Jewish who are like, don't say that they're Jewish for a sake of, they don't want to be judged or they don't, you know, they didn't have a great relationship with religion growing up. And it's not to say like, I'm some super religious guy, but I am, I, I understand it's, a, it's an important thing for me at least to be proud of the culture I come from. And uh, because if I don't, you know, the less and less people, the more likely it is for terrible shit to happen. And it breaks my heart and it sucks. But yeah, I think almost all intolerance is certainly based in ignorance. Because if you learn about people, if you learn about any right. group of people, religion, race, otherwise, you find that you have way more similarities than you do differences. And now, like people who are racist or bigoted, are the ones who should be the one who you judge. I, 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 I mean, I, this, here's my unifying statement: there are motherfuckers from there are white motherfuckers and there's black motherfuckers right there's gay motherfuckers and there's straight motherfuckers right and there's muslim motherfuckers and there's jewish motherfuckers absolutely we all got them you know whatever demographic you want to break down uh but there are also plenty of just good people you don't want to hang out with and bullshit with from whatever background and so that's why i'm saying like if you just were like to cast aside although i don't know anybody like in my i don't say circle of friends but just like in my everyday life who I'm like, oh yeah, this person's a real big racist and they're one of my buddies. Right. Like, how can, like, <laughs> like that sentence doesn't compute. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm sure it's there. It's just not necessarily, it's not who I'm crossing paths with. Uh, let's see. So this person continues. Um, let's see. I don't really, what, where I'm 30. So I feel like I can comment from a place of knowing I heard saw a comment on millennials saying millennials are young enough to be mostly not racist and old enough to be mostly not woke. After my initial laugh at it, I put some more thought into it. It kind of makes sense. 
In general, we are young enough to have grown up understanding the effects of prejudice and try not to let our bias influence us. On the other hand, we didn't grow up with some expectation that we must be prepared to die on a hill for every single little issue that comes up. I don't really know how or why that is. We were exposed to social media at a young age, but without any understanding of the negative impacts of it. Maybe we understand the effects our words can have on people, but are still able to joke with friends and understand the difference between ha-ha time and serious time. I'm saying this because the younger generations around me are so consumed with their socials, while the older ones are a lot more consumed with reminiscing the old days and how bad things are now, but not offing any actual thoughts, I guess offering, but not offering any actual thoughts on how to make it better now. I think a lot of people just get sucked into their screens and maybe let it shape their lives a little too much. I caught myself on it this weekend on Instagram. I saw a few people that I guess are some sort of influencers or something. Mid-20s, probably no real education. <laughs> Mid-20s, probably no real education. They don't appear to have a product, don't appear to provide a service, yet live some sort of extravagant lifestyle. I can tell you, if you went to parties in the park 20 years ago, <laughs> you would have seen the same thing. I, I'm not a rich man, but I have a pretty good job that pays me well. I know what that money affords me and where it goes, yet I do not understand who, slash what, slash how, slash where these people exist. To the extent that it can does upset me if I let it. To the extent that it can, slash does upset me if I let it. I'm sorry, I don't know how to correct that one. Maybe that's the problem. I am aware of how social media stuff works and the negative effects it can have, yet still fall to the trap from time to time. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I feel like I could go on about this topic for a while. Obviously, that conversation was compelling enough to make me write this out. Who knows? Maybe all this is just a big symptom of a large mental health issue. Wow, he just put right at the end there. Anyway, if you go to the bottom of the word vomit, if you got to the bottom of this word vomit, have a good day. So that, that, that segment which was on TMA, it, did, I, 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 it was one of those saying, there are times where I'm just like, okay, I just got to, it, sometimes you just, you know, like, I, I feel like there's, there's been examples in movies where two people are fighting and then they show a guy who's like the, kind of like the unpronounced leader when somebody's about to step in going, no, let him, let him go. Yeah, dazed and confused, it happens. Ah, nicely done. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I feel like for some reason I'm picturing Kurt Russell. I don't know if that happened in Miracle. I don't know. Possibly. I, I don't know. But some reason that, that's who's popping into my mind. Either way, yeah, I do, I do think, it, yeah, there was a, because one of them went to like right, Boston right. College and one went to, yeah. Yeah, and they're fired up. And they're, and they're fighting and yeah. to no, let them go. Let right. them get it out. Not comparing that Doug and Plowboy were fighting. <laughs> right. It's just one of those things like I don't feel like this goes back to the pre-January 6th version of TMA where we would talk politics, one of the most significant and decisions in this show's history or in TMA's history, holy shit. God, that's going to be four years ago? Is that right? Uh, no, three, no three, three years ago. Three, three years ago. Three in January. Say, holy shit. That, that the audience, not the audience, a portion of the audience would get mad at me for not, like, scolding Doug. And it just, I never got that. I still don't get that. It's kind of like when my mom tried to explain the, well, right, you know, right, there are right. some people. I'm just like, if you got if you don't like Doug's opinion, go after Doug. Reach out. Yeah. Like, if you're mad at my opinion and you send an email to Doug, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway, Doug feels how he feels. Like, the Tyler from Spartanburg thing, to me, we played it. It was a joke. Right. You know, it was something we were going to laugh at. Now, it wasn't a joke from Tyler, and it wasn't a joke from Dabo Sweeney, but 
you know, we were playing it, and I never saw that conversation going where it went with Doug saying that's just young people and the plowboy digging in. And I don't know what the hell it was that I had to tend to, but I actually had to tend to something, and I'm like, oh, God. And now now this little thing that I never saw coming has turned into a segment, and so it got a bunch of reaction. People either motherfucking Doug or motherfucking Plowboy. Um, so with regards to anger on social media, I just think that's kind of what it is. Like, how often do you see positivity on social media? This gentleman, Chuck... Uh, you know, saying older people aren't offering up a solution. I, that's because, from my standpoint, if I would be put in the older category, I don't know. I don't think there. I don't think there is a solution. I don't think that there is a solution. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, the, from my standpoint, it would be wonderful if my two boys never have to deal with social media. But I'm also realistic about it. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's most likely going to be. A big part of their lives. I mean, ho- I'm, I'm hoping somehow it goes away right. in the next seven years for my older son. But I mean, it's it's not realistic, and it's just it sucks. But at the same time, my social media experience is so different than theirs. And in a way, I guess it's good because as we made reference to we see it so often that it kind of just you just go ah whatever right. who cares right. come numb to it in the way. But then if you get one and you're not used to it, it can ruin your fucking day and it can really impact how you view things. And that I hate, I hate for people, like the fact that that becomes real, you know, I don't, I guess, I guess my biggest issue with is it, it's, it's when it gets down to it, it's irrelevant. But if you allow it, to be, you can think it means so much more than it actually does. And it's like you have to, like, pull people who are trying to fight from drowning in this shit out of the water, and they go, oh, my God, I don't I don't need it. That's why when you say, and I had no idea, it was because of what's gone on over the last month globally. That was your reasoning. I thought, uh, I didn't know what the, I had no idea you were even considering deleting it all, right. you know? I view it as, like, the moment where I, I turn around and I, Say, fare thee well, <laughs> goodbye, that's it. Now, either they chase me out and I go, fuck, I got to delete all this shit, <laughs> or I go, fare thee well. I don't know which one. I tend to think it's going to be more, unfortunately, of the latter, but whatever. You know, you got me, good for you, big win, and you'll go chase another scalp, you know, the next day, and I'll be forgotten because I'll be eliminated. You know, that's that's what I expect to happen with my career, but maybe I'll get to a point where I go, thank you, it's been wonderful, and cl- and I will be... I will have the largest erection I am capable of having when I click delete on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'll just be like, oh, my God, it's over. Yeah, it's like freedom. Oh, you know, and my email address, it'll be like, you know, a handful of people will have it and my phone number, and I'll just be like, that's it. I have zero interest. That's what I'm hoping for. That is, for real, that's like a career goal for me Mm -hmm. is to just completely not have to deal with it. Um that's what I want. So when somebody says, you know, people don't provide a solution, I, what is the solution? The solution to me, if you're talking about social media problems, what is the, what what is realistic as far as a solution? Like it's it's like saying, well, this internet. Well, I mean, what do you think we're going to get rid of it? It's right. it's there. It's not going away. I suppose the best way to try to handle it is to recognize. It's not necessarily the world, That's... but you can get caught up in it. I mean, but message boards existed before social media, and it's kind of the same psych- psychosis. Right, the vacuum. The, yeah, the bubble. The, the bubble. Yeah. The bubble. 
you know, as a, as a, you know, I mean, we talked a lot about Missouri and Georgia last week. Um, and I mean, I read, like Gabe texted me when I popped into the Power Mizzou chat room during the South Carolina game. He goes, is that really you in the chat room? And I go, yeah, I'm, I won't, you could offer, you could Venmo me a thousand dollars right now and I'm not going to post in there. Be like, Fuck him. You fucking hater. You hate Mizzou, you know, whatever. I'm just like, I have no interest. I just want to watch the game and see essentially what fans and really what Gabe have to say. Right. And I kind of know after reading enough which ones to like, you know, put some stock in and which ones to go, okay, you know, that's what you got. Right. But that's the case with any, so it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But if it's like your form of social interaction and perhaps most of your only social interaction and you're either so young you don't have a whole lot else going on or you're so old, the kids have moved on, you know, you might not have a lot of friends or, you know, significant other, whatever the case might be, these become your people, even though you might not necessarily know them in person, it can become your world. And, hey, great, it doesn't matter. I mean, good for you, it doesn't affect my life. But what I feel terribly for are those who I would say are obvious, like it's so obvious to me, and this even goes for people in our business now, chasing likes. Is there a term for this that, uh... Chasing likes? Yeah. Um, no, I just, I, the clout was chasing clout. I, I was about to say, I, I feel like I'm clout. saying ch chasing likes, you're probably going to say chasing clout. Clout, yeah, dude, trying to... But, like, what is it, what is it, like, what do you get? Um... Honestly, like, I'm looking for the answer. Well, this like, is a good faith attempt to... Because I mean, if you get to, like, a certain level, then it can become right. a real thing. That's the idea. But if you're like, you know, let's say 25, yeah. and you had a nice night out at Wheelhouse, I'm using it as an example in St. Louis, right. or if you're 35 and you had a big night out at Napoli. Yeah, I like it. I fucking care. Like, who, like, what do we do? Like, I just don't know. Right. Yeah, you're looking for that. You're looking for, you know, gratification or the kind of vindication of of people that like play you play the handout yeah what i mean right and i think that and I, i'd be curious too like because i feel like that need for the validation which would be likes and if this is like operating if you're not an influencer if you're if your revenue is not directly tied to the amount of correct you get on social which media, is what percentage of accounts 99.99999 okay, percent because there is the a sliver of very sure. small sliver of people absolutely who legitimately do make money based on their engagement on social media and God bless you if you did it because you're, some worked out in your favor, which and is And people who are younger than you and you ask what you want to do when you, you know, get out of school, right. the answer is YouTubers or influencers. Yeah, because it looks like a very cool way right. to make some money. Is it sustainable? And it's like, I, guess I feel like I need, I need you to go in and have an intervention with them like I need to go down to the journalism <laughs> school with Doug and say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, right. what's the plan on this? Yeah, this likes this <laughs> like chasing game. It ain't, it ain't for most. Right, and not whatever you're majoring in in the journalism school, <laughs> I have no idea what somebody laid out to you, but holy shit, for real. I mean, you're, you're, you're entering into the lottery ticket business, but hey, maybe you're you know, the next one. Sure. But for every one... There's 1,000 or 1,000,000. There's 1,000 who, who want to be that one. So that's that's why I ask, like, what the game is. Now, if, here here's what I think. Like everything, it either goes back to religion, money, or getting laid. 
Yeah. You can usually find the. It's going to go back to one of those. So I'm going. Okay, I guess. I guess if you're single, this is a way to kind of market yourself. That's my theory. I mean, I'm, I mean, holy shit! I've been. I'm coming up on uh, what 12 years of marriage here, and I've been with Anna Marie for 15 years. I couldn't be more detached, but I still recognize human behavior, and I'm, a, I'm operating on the premise that that is what it is. But then when it's somebody who's like in a long-term relationship. And like keeping me updated on, mm-hmm. you know, all the latest comings and goings and goings and comings. It's like, what the fuck? What do we do? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm so. And my wife said, God, it's kind of a shame that we don't post anything anymore. Now that was a that was a choice. Right. Although she betrayed that with me in the Chewbacca <laughs> costume last week, and we had a stern talking to about that. But uh, because now we don't have that of our kids, and I'm like, what well, we do? It's just all on our phone. It's not organized. Yeah. Because it gets to a point where you, all it takes is one person, and they go into the family area. You know, they break the mafia rules, and they go into the family area. You're like, yeah, we're not, what are we doing? Right, like as I've said before, like Riz says, yeah, I never used my kids' names on the air. It's the boy and the girl. Right. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. Uh-huh. You're, exactly, you're exactly right. So that's so that's what I, my theory is for people in your age range, if they're whatever with Instagram keeping everybody updated, it's a way to try to recruit a mate. That is my theory. Yeah, I could see that. But I I, I know people who are in long-term relationships who post more than any single person I've ever sweet, met. Sweet, sweet guy. No, the opposite. Sweet, um, sweet guy is my kind of guy. Yeah, he's the opposite. So is his girlfriend. But I do know people who are, are very passionate about posting. I think it just gives, in their mind, gives their more life more purpose or more meaning or it makes yeah i mean i i I think you're gonna want that putt back well i'm not saying that that is like accurate but i think that is part of the reason why why else would they do it they want the validation of people who like they're it's like checking in to make sure that you still have people who like care about you but the fact like a like does not indicate love and I know that sounds like that sounds like I'm trying to be like fucking deep over here, but I'm not. No, I know you. I know what you're saying. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, anyway, like, the, like so, so then the reason I'm asking is then you go, the why are you on it? Like, I for real. When Joe Buck and I were doing that week of podcasts, we had Co- Bob Cost, and I say like everybody knows what I'm talking about. I was fucking, you were 14, but in 2012 and I asked Costas why he wasn't on Twitter. I don't think I was asked like, why aren't you on Twitter? But I'm like, you don't have a Twitter account. Why is that? Well, with one tweet, I could destroy 30 years of my career. Mm-hmm. Why would I ever do that? And I'm just like, I mean, it was just so quick. Right. And I'm just like, and I, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he absolutely spoke the truth. I couldn't agree more, but that's in that arena if you are, you know, for every one Bob Costas, there are how many Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, right, whatever. Is. Right. So then, okay, you're probably not going to blow yourself up, which is advantageous in that sense, but then what is the angle? Now, there are plenty of people who just have it for their friends and their private accounts, and they're just, you know, it's their way to fuck around, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I get, I get that more. But when it's somebody just like, again, what is a, I guess, a, I guess a brag, I guess. Yeah, in a sense. Just like, what are, you know, 
Yeah. It's just it's like the it's just the, the total opposite of what you know, at least in my opinion, are like the people you want to be around, like the people you want want to again, I want to be I say you, that's not fair. That I want to be around. The last thing they want to do is tell you how good they got it. They just do their thing, and if they got it good, they got it good, and if they don't, they don't, but it's their fucking business. Right. Yeah, I, uh... And, like, to me, it's just, like, so simple. And then then we go into... I'll, I'll polish it off, because I really am curious what your opinion is. So that, that that's that's fine. But then, then you get into the negativity of it all, and, like, the comments from people who are fucking truly fucking miserable that they create all these burners just to be commenter, to take people down. Well, that's where the anger comes from. So then I go, well, then why expose yourself to that shit? What do you, like, and then you go to give their life more significance. Now, like I said, I think, like, you probably don't, like, really, 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 really mean that. But I'm going, that's where the anger comes from. It truly is. When I interview people on Sound Story, I'm telling you, I mean, you, at this point, you were talking about how you're doing multiples now. And I go, you know, tell me what, you know, the things that, uh, over the course of your life are the biggest changes, both for the good and the bad. And God help me if it's not 90 plus percent they mention social media. And it's not like they're on there doing duck lips in a rear view mirror, yeah. but they just see it or they know the impact that it's having on their children or their children raising their children. And they're just like, what in the fuck is this? They're not saying it should be eliminated. They just go, holy shit. And then they look at the bigger problems that they cite that are different now than say 10 or 20 years ago. And they trace those to social media. So that if I, anytime I have something where I go, well, here's the upside and it's nil and here's the downside and it's infinite, I go, I have fuck what I play with that then. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, and that's a, probably the healthiest way to look at it. But it doesn't necessarily answer the question of why people are engaging in it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I know a certain person. Uh, Ooh. I won't name anybody. Oh, wow, Jackson's got a smirk on his face. I don't, but I don't know where you're going either. probably have like 600 followers. And they like to post vlogs of them with their child, uh, like daily vlogs. And then I like, get the sense I don't know this person. You don't. You don't. Yeah, but this you're really a person in my age group. Okay. Um, likes posting vlogs about their, you know, and like anytime like their husband makes them dinner, it's like this whole Instagram production. And I question myself, why do you feel the need if you're so happy? to post these images as, and I think it's to an extent letting people like they you want to lead people on that you're living a life better than you're actually living it I think that's what everyone's goal is is not everyone's goal I shouldn't say that but I think people's goal on social media is to portray a life that is better and I think part of what you said like if you're single marking yourself that's absolutely a reason I think giving people's life more meaning I think that's part of it I think the instant gratification of seeing that this post you made get 300 likes is part of it. But I think ultimately it's portraying a life that you're leading that's better because it's always about, you know, I think the, the nature of competition is stronger probably in my age group. Like people want to, you know, they compare. And because of social media, they compare themselves to other people way more. So when you see somebody doing one thing, you're like, well, why am I not living like that? Oh, wait, I can fabricate it and portray that I'm living better than oh, I am. Oh, God. And that's I feel like, like bile coming up through my yeah, esophagus it's, it's that sucks. I'm going to 
spit up on my laptop. So the solution, lab. <laughs> so the solution that Chuck is saying is, and you're right, there is no like actual. But the solution is just recognizing that this is a bubble. Social media isn't always real life. Almost, actually, it's almost never right. real life. And if you understand that, and like I hate this term because it's like so like mean and like it's always taking shots at people in classic social media fashion but it is to an extent true it's like the the term is touch grass meaning go outside and live a little bit but it's almost always said by some person who's like on hour 10 of being inside and commenting <laughs> on people's shit regardless the the statement has merit because it's like yeah go outside and like go out and meet people as opposed to meeting them on social media and you're you'll see that there's a people have different perspectives when they're talking to you or living their lives and they do yeah, and, on social and media. And even on that, I'm like, I don't fucking care what anybody does. So if they touch grass or they're sitting here commenting on shit, it doesn't affect me. Right. Where it does affect me, I suppose, I mean, certainly if we get hate, that's one thing. But again, it kind of is at a point where it just doesn't affect us anymore, you mm-hmm. know? But if it, if it then leads to what I have seen, which to me is the biggest issue outside of the anger on it, but again, how many people are actually engaged in that is the misinformation that comes from it and then like the the thoughts in the bubbles of the different little areas of social media. And I'm like, that is, that's the thing. So this, I guess what I'm trying to lay out and then perhaps it's all over the map is the pursuit of likes as benign in parentheses, and sad, as it may be, has then opened up the door to things that actually are a big problem. Mm -hmm. And that is my overarching master's thesis, is that, you know, people casually posting pictures, and I guess if they want to show, hey, we're having a great time, why you need to share it, whatever, fine. You know, I did it. I did it. It's not like I'm coming from some moral high ground. I did it. More out of having children is why I, for the most part, just don't do it. Minus the LSU mom gif. Right. It's all I got left. It's all I got. Yeah, you're Mr. Gif. <laughs> it's all I got. Uh, that 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 then opened. Oh wow! Then people are all over this stuff: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So now we will utilize it. The fact that people are on here to then inject the bullshit poison to manipulate their minds because clearly they can't get enough of this shit. Right. And that then leads to the dumb festival. Mm. I mean, the festival of dumbs. Yep. And take your pick. The festival of dumbs is not limited to anybody. Just like we were saying, there are, there are straight assholes and gay assholes, mm-hmm. and there's white assholes and black holes, assholes. The, the dumbs are everywhere. Yep. And, I, I mean, God. I used to, you know. It, there's an article in the Post-Dispatch this morning. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. This, not that you think I'm making it up, but it, I have stltoday.com up from Mazalek's article uh, about his comments. Um, it was something like 40% of people say they were willing to go back to drinking Bud Light, but not just yet or something. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I got to tell I'm telling you. And I say with a great amount of confidence, I've had a lot of good predictions on this podcast it's it's a shame it's just kind of like a little local podcast because I've, I've, I've hit well that this, of course, isn't necessarily something that is 
you know, really bold. I feel like ship in January 6th was pretty good, but this isn't really bold, and that winter was coming. Uh, but in within a couple of years, if not five years, there will be, like, programs like Netflix shows or whatever is popular in five years where people will look back on the Bud Light thing yeah. and the trans controversy on that and just be like, what the fuck was that? How dumb was that? And I'm and I would gather not probably the majority of the people who listen to this podcast, but some are going, well, what do you mean, dumb? Because I have somebody super close to me, and we were out uh, playing an event, and the only beer that the uh, beverage cart girl had left, probably not a coincidence, was Bud Light. And this person would not drink a Bud Light. I had a buddy like that too. And that was someone like I like I was like he told me that and I was like, You being serious? He was like, Yeah, I can't drink Bud Light Bud Light's not cool. Like, oh my God. And I and I and, and and I just, you know, when it was said, I didn't I didn't go, hold on a second, you know, and decide I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fix this. You know, I'm just like I just thought to myself, you know, first off, watch me hit this fucking golf ball. Right. George W. Bush. <laughs> watch this drive. <laughs> but I'm just like, I thought to myself, oh, my God, this is just so, I don't know which, which it is more of, sad or dumb. It's a nice mix of both. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's... you've got to be kidding me. But where did it come from? Came from social media. Yeah, and, it, but, and but hey, Bud Light engaged because why? They wanted to get some equity with the trans community in social media with an influencer. But then the moron fest that then percolated. Right. The people who hate cancel culture, by the way. Amazingly, yes, the the, the standards are always uh, convenient. And I, I go, what the fuck is this? Like, and, and so now, even though I, I don't have a real strong feeling one way or the other on the issue, I'm just like, give me a Bud Light. <laughs> oh. I, not because I could it's my, I had been drinking it, but it's like, it, come up to me and say, like, and I'll just be like, oh, now I know I don't need to talk to you right. really the rest of the evening. Also, probably permanently, yep. not because I'm like, you don't like trans people. And I was like, you're caught up right. and you're not, that's not, if you're, if you were allowed that to get to you then we probably aren't going to have a whole lot in common. So, again, I kind of always go back to the Chaz Parliamentary scene in Bronx Tale. Do you like the guy who owes you $20? No. Well, then you got him out of your life for $20. (laughs) So that was kind of like a litmus test, like, oh, the dumbs. There's some subtle dumbs I didn't know. But then when it's somebody who's super close to me, and I go, oh, fuck. The hell? Why do I bring it up? Because it's a byproduct of this social media thing, which how did it become popular? Not because people were looking to disseminate false shit or manipulate people's minds. Why did it get popular? The like game. That's what, and that's why I go back to then, how did we allow this to happen in the first place? No, Chuck, I don't have a solution at all, but I can tell you this, you're not going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle at this point. So if anything... It's not going away, just like the internet isn't going away. Television isn't going away. You know, I'm not trying to go Rick Santorum here and, like, take us back to the 1950s. I'm just going, this shit's out there, and how do I handle it? Where things are going to be written that I know are just awful about me, I just don't even bother reading it. It doesn't matter. What I worry about is, as a parent is how my boys will deal with this shit. And I feel terribly for parents who have teenagers right now and maybe even like 11 and 12 years old and they want to get on this shit and they want to see it and then there's like the picture of the friends out 
and then they weren't invited, and then it just wrecks them. Yep. That's that's what I actually think of. I mean, the, the 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 moron festival of like Bud Light is that's whatever. That's a that's a that's a wonderful commentary without any words needed yep. on twenty twenty three. But I think about it like on a small scale of what it's like if somebody, you know, so, you know, they see a shot taken, you know, or a compliment to the, the outfits that four of the five girls were wearing. But then the fifth one doesn't mention it's just a way and you know what it is. And then what that does to somebody who you can be 47 and not be emotionally mature enough to handle that kind of shit, much less if you're 13 or 14. Oh, and I just and then that turns into either heartbreak for that person or now they're mean and they got to get them back and then it just now we're going to vicious cycle. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah and that's the shit that i fucking hate right so the only counter to that is just you know and it's really tough with young people and people younger than me even older than me just understanding that like social media like uh, you gotta like view it almost like as a, like a video game like it is not real like the bubbles are very much there what you read on there or people's opinions do not reflect general like the general population of people and if you can understand that then you know it becomes a lot less dangerous but i let me play i don't know if it's devil's advocates or let me devil's advocate or let me counter this it bothered you enough over the last month that you were thinking about just blowing it up and getting rid of it yeah 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 and i would say yeah you're not wrong and that's a good self-reflection that i need to take but um, Which now, what you're talking about is a hell of a lot more intense than, hey, why wasn't I invited to bottle service at Napoli? Definitely, definitely. But you know, it, it's it's because you got to understand there's people in there solely to stir pots and solely in there to talk shit, and that's going to be the case. And they would never say these things to your face, or would even act on some of the things that they talk about. Um, but uh, the, the thing that would piss me off so much is that people aren't. What, like couldn't understand the difference between Israelis and Jewish people, and that's that's what would frustrate me right, to know. Right. And, and mostly, actually, the Israeli army and the Israeli government and Jewish people, and that's what would be like. So it was so frustrating to me and seeing videos of stuff like that, like would make me like just like like you talked about bile coming up. Like yes. that's the kind of that's the feeling it would emit for me. And I was just like, oh my god, this is so gross. And like you know, like I I I, I think people might listen to this and think I think one thing about going on over there and. That's probably not the case. I have conflicted views of things, but the the people can't understand the difference or they're not privy to so much of what it is going on. They just blindly post this because their political party views this one way or their political party views it the other way. And that's what was so gross to me. And um, and so, yeah, I, I do need to take, and I, and I ultimately eventually just like, where it was like, I just won't read any of this stuff. Like I just, I won't, I won't read any of it because it's never good for me. I won't engage in any of it because that's never good. That's when we talk about. Oh, I think so much social media is instant gratification. You know, you, you know, you can say whatever you want and it makes you feel good and you don't feel the repercussions of it. But there are repercussions to it. You know, and there certainly can be. So like, oh, commenting or schooling or mic dropping somebody isn't. It's I, instant gratification, but it doesn't do anything. What well, so. Along those lines, and I really, I want to, I want to go. I, I, I had no plan to do this. I really didn't. But I mean, how many times have I said that over the years? Why do celebrities feel the need that they've got to like pontificate on this? I, what am I missing the Dave on Chappelle that? Dave Chappelle thing. He's like, uh, oh, did he say that? Some, it was some comedian. It might not have been Dave Chappelle. But it was some comedian. Was like, 
yeah, there's so much going on. Why do I need Jay to kiss his opinion on it? <laughs> or no, Ja Rule. It was, uh, why do I need, why does Ja Rule need to have an opinion well, I, on I this? Mean, I, I mean, hey, if he does, great. But what is it about, like, I feel so liberated and I feel badly for people. I get, and there aren't, I don't know if there are many left who are kind of in our industry who feel like, you know, something happens in a game locally and they got to, like, or new and they got to, like, give their. <laughs> You know, or somebody passes on and like, wow, so, you know, like the Friends cast, all of whom God only knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars they have. Wow, the Friends cast hasn't spoken out, spoken out yet about Matthew Perry's passing. Well, my guess is they're fucking heartbroken and have zero obligation as people in their 50s to hashtag speak out. Right, put out out a a graphic. Probably acting together in person and getting through something that they're heartbroken about would be my guess. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think like, you know, so-and-so had a controversial take on Israel and I go, well, the fuck did they have a public take about it at all? Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I, I, but it's, it's not like, it's not like one or two. It's like, everybody's got to take a side. Not everybody. I want to make but like celebrities, like 20 something and 30 something. And I suppose it goes up to Angelina Jolie. I'm just like, the fuck are we you know, and then John Voigt, or, you know, her father's like, I disagree with my daughter's public statement. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? Right. <laughs> and I think so much of that is like the pressure that you, again, social media, like, like if someone doesn't say anything, it's like, what? Well, this, this, <laughs> let me tell you a phrase you want to talk about emitting vile. What do we got? Your silence is deafening. Ah! It's like, oh. But like, if you don't have, if you don't have the information or context right. needed to give a proper, I don't know. My here's maybe I should just tweet out. I don't know. Right, right. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I think so often like that's the thing is like people get caught up because they feel like they need to have a statement about when. In all honesty, if you don't oh have the proper God. context, if you don't have the proper information, if you don't understand the severity or the the levity in the situation, like totally cool not to have an opinion, or if you do, yeah, not make it public. Know. I don't know. You know, I don't know. it's totally cool, and like, don't uh, the silence is deafening. It's not. You're fine. There's plenty yeah. of people with opinions on things. You know, you don't necessarily have to have an opinion. Silence is on, deafening. When, 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 give me an example of when you've seen the silence is deafening. Was somebody held accountable for not oh, giving a take? Yeah, like someone who, like, someone who, like, probably, like, like worked with Harvey Weinstein in, like, a smallest capacity like shook his hand once or had a meeting with him because he was a huge hollywood producer and like didn't have a statement about when he got caught and it's like wow your silence is deafening on this weinstein thing it's like well they probably just didn't know the guy well enough they probably weren't aware they probably weren't in on it they just didn't have it it goes back to like this is terrible but i don't need ja rule's opinion on it i really want to find i think it's chappelle is that chappelle that sounds like chris Chris rock he he likes to pull kind of random names and 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 he understands the the value of like the sound of the name. Right. Like, uh, did you go to the Chappelle Chris Rock thing earlier this year? No, I'm pissed I didn't. Where he said, you know, I'm not looking for Anita Baker, I'm looking for Doja Cat. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the, the way Doja Cat works better than take your pick of. Yeah, at this point on Instagram, like when I pop up in their stories, you know who I'm excited about? Two accounts, and I bet you might be able to guess them. Ella Reese, baby. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then the STL Starter Packs. Yes! Look at me go. That's it. Look at me go. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I need. That's yeah, all I need. This is it. It was Dave Chappelle, and it was like a CNN <laughs> covering an issue, and it's like, we've got Ja Rule on the phone, and let's see what Ja's <laughs> thoughts are. And Dave goes, I love Ja Rule. I don't need his opinion on this. <laughs> Where's Ja? <laughs>
Yeah. I didn't know I was ripping off bits. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing bits. I'm just like, well, I just, th- I see it. And, you know, there was like controversy about what somebody said about what's going on over in, in Israel. And I'm going, the fuck did they say anything in the first place? Right. Like <laughs> someone like, like Gal Gadot, who is Israeli, like they probably have a, an opinion that's right. based in like a lot of their personal experience or the other side. She was like, in the IDF. Was right. She not? Exactly. And all Israeli citizens are required right. to do two years of IDF. So she was in the IDF. Someone uh, like the Hadid <laughs> sisters who are from the area, they have an opinion. That's cool. I don't need Chris Pratt's opinion on it. Where's Ja I mean, Rule? If he, if he, if he wants does, to give God it, bless. Yeah, whatever. I'm just like, but why? Yeah. What what go what goes on from a brain standpoint that one, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Ja Rule ever did opine on anything, <laughs> but if Ja Rule did opine, yeah. like why the we've, fuck? We've got Ja Rule on the phone. Let's see what Ja's <laughs> thoughts are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta go. I just have to because I could go on for this is the thing. Like this is it. I, this is all that's left for me that really gets me worked up. This or Ella Reese. Yeah, for sure. And I just don't feel like she's shooting enough scenes. That's my final take uh, for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been QFTA for November seventh, twenty twenty three.